Letterton be the meeting to set the tone for the rest of the championship as Turkington takes charge at the top of the table. This is the Snetterton Review. Hello everybody and welcome back. I've just about got the dust and grime scraped on my body. I've sweated in places I didn't realise it was possible to sweat from. I must have lost about 90 kilograms in pure water loss over the weekend. I drank about 9 litres of water but we survived. We did survive, and I managed to survive without getting sunburnt. Me too. Which I was amazed by. Well, I sort of like hid under an umbrella near enough all Sunday. Well, particularly if you think you're harder than the sun, so don't put on sun cream. Yeah, sun cream isn't my friend. I don't... Yeah. Nobody likes sun cream. No, nobody likes sun cream. But the, the bits of sun cream that I did put on my legs and stuff, I just got dust and dirt just covered. And it took me two, two showers to get clean. I wore jeans. Yes, you're a madman. I questioned this on Sunday night when you got home. You said, I, w I wore jeans. I was like, what are you doing? I didn't get burnt on my legs. No, but I am you but sweated in places you didn't know you could. Yeah, but I'm that humble office boy. I never had a job outside. I'm not like you and your postman days and now your mechanicing nonsense. I can't, you know, be seen in the sun. After too long, I crumble. I'm like a vampire. <laughs> so, you know, but if you need a pen lifting... I'm your man. Yeah, yeah. It um, was a good weekend though, wasn't it? Well, ish. It, yeah. ish. it was a mediocre weekend for me. I think the heat really affected the racing. Um, and I think it was noticeable that cars couldn't quite follow as closely. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of, or a lot more mechanical issues this weekend. Yep. Being that hybrid or otherwise. Um, and yeah, it's, I think it took away from the racing a little. I think you're right, and I also careful. Think, and I also think it had the unfortunate combination of that heat at, and I'm going to say it, one of the other tracks on the grid. There's lots of corners, but there's not. It's so narrow. It, there's it's very processional. I, I preferred the old layout. There, I've come out and said it. I preferred the old layout. Really? Yeah. What about to the thinking about to the seventieth anniversary race, that brilliant battle between Sutton and Goff. Yeah, that's what ten years ago. No, five, maybe. Oh. 2017, I think it was. Okay, but it's still a long time ago. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not sold on Snetterton. Okay. As a race circuit for these this generation of cars. I think in the past it's been really good. I'm not sold on the current regs if it's a good racetrack or not. I don't know. So we saw temperatures of 35 degrees in the air. We did. About 45 degrees track temperature. Well, 60 degrees in the cabin. Yep. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be with Team Hard this weekend. Um, yeah, all right, don't rub it in. No, no, but as part of that, I got to go on to the um, grid walk twice. Yep. And I did on the race three feel the ground in my hand, and it was like hand on the ground burned mm -hmm. straight away. It was no exaggeration. It was hot. Yeah. The track was ridiculously hot. Uh, and I think you're right, it affected the racing, it affected the drivers. You can't be expected to work at peak um, performance in that sort of heat. Plato has reckons he's lost over six kilograms in since Friday, which is, as somebody who's been at the gym since the start of the year, I'd love to lose six kilograms in two days. <laughs> I don't think I can lose six kilograms in two years, the way things are. But it's all muscle, that's what we're going for. Yeah, it's that's what we're going building. for. Uh, yeah, it was, it, yeah it, it did affect the weekend, and I have to say, it was quite processional. And there's a big stink now, isn't there, about the BMW and 
whether they are. Well, this conversation happens every year to a point. Yes, it does. It? Are they too overpowered? Does something need to be done? Real drives too good. Blah de blah blah. And for once, I actually have a little sympathy with the people complaining. Okay. Because normally, in the past, I've been quite staunch about it and you know, banging the drum and whatnot. But this year, it's the first year of regulations. It's always difficult to get the balance right first year of a change. And teams have the choice. They could either go with what Toka had developed as an engine package yep. or do their own. And the teams that have done their own are better. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And you've got to remember that it is a, it's a development year for everybody. This is Toka's first attempt at the engine. It's had very little testing, really, in, in, in terms of touring car racing. Obviously, Andrew Jordan had a co at Silverstone last year, but, I mean, it was three races. And yeah. he wasn't really... Com- you know, he, he was <clears throat> staying out of the way, etc. You, you've got to kind of go that the Toka are going to be developing that engine all the time. You can make your own developments quicker if you've got your own engine. It's I was going to say, the, the thing with the Toka testing in the Toyota with Jordan across the whole of last season... Obviously, just pounding laps around, they were looking for reliability and consistency. They weren't necessarily looking for speed. Mm-hmm. Whereas the teams that have come in and built their own engines, be that Neil Brown for um, Team BMW and Dynamics, Hyundai with uh, Swindon engines, those teams have been able to build the engines for the purpose of getting the most out of them. Whereas the Toka M Sport and Cosworth entry is always going to be there to go, here's a reliable power source for you. These are the little adaptations that you can do. And there you go. It's it's the cheaper way, but it's the reliable way. I will say that there's been a lot of teething problems with the hybrid side of things. Yes. Stuff hasn't worked and consistently hasn't worked. I think everybody's been affected other than WSR. I don't think there's any general conspiracy there. I just think that they built their car better because they've got the biggest resource yep. on the grid. I think that's as simple as that, really. But there is a lot of teething problems, but it's year one. There's always going to be that to a degree. Um, I don't know what the answer is, to be honest with you, because the hybrid's making no difference whatsoever. Whilst there's been some quite barbed comments from some of the drivers that there's a cars at the front with no hybrid that are absolutely dominating the show, and I sympathise with that. Even with hybrid, I don't think you make much difference. I just think the hybrid makes, as you saw with Turkin taking pole, by quite a margin in the end. There there definitely needs to be another way of either deploying it or whether you up the amount that people have and therefore you can have bigger differences. Um, I certainly don't think one lap difference between one driver to the next is enough. No, you, you, my My view is you need to give more power. The, the, yes. the system needs to be more powerful and give more power to the engine etc because yeah. at the minute it's negligible Yeah, it, it's just not creating any difference DRS in F1 creates what an extra a big difference it's a big difference you're getting a, what, an extra 10-12 mile an hour difference Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's 20 enough kilometers, aren't you? 20 kilometers an hour and you see the closing speed yeah some, some tracks yeah it works far too well and it, it's too powerful yeah. but you have to bring that balance over the season and the same is going to have have to happen with this i, I completely agree okay well, that's kind of an overview of the sort of the general gist of the politics of get that out of the way should we go into the actual meaty part of the snetterton review yes let's move in to qualifying qualifying report 
So qualifying on Saturday then, again, was nice and toasty warm. Um, plenty of dust got kicked up in different areas of the track. But it would be one man who would take it at the death. It normally is. Yes. I've never seen a poll shared by... by but, um, yeah, stupid comment. Uh, Turkington came through in the last minute and was one of the last people to actually improve his time to take a pole position. And in doing so, giving me a point in the old prediction battle. If you keep going on like that, you won't be able to get out the door. Also, also, I think we need to mention the Wingfoot Award. <laughs> yes. Stop um, the count. So he managed to take away the fastest time from Jake Hill, who was my prediction. So damn close. Um, and quite honestly, it was BMW dominance at the front mm -hmm. again. Jelly managed to set the third fastest time, although he would go on to start the uh, first race in fourth after impeding Dan Camish on one of his laps, uh, dropping behind Ingram, who had originally taken fourth. Morgan was also up there as well. Um, as well as the old man himself. Yeah, but where did that come from? Jason Plato. Where did that come from? We've cooked Edwards. No idea. Right at the end of the grid. Where on earth did Plato? Has he got an old engine that he's popped in there? Yeah, maybe it's the one from the Subaru, in a better chassis. You know. There was a show Subaru there this weekend yeah. at the Quick Fit stand. No, and the bonnet did look a bit cracked at one point. So maybe, <laughs> maybe you're right. Yeah, he, he was the fastest of the Hondas, um, the Hondas that we expected to struggle this weekend, yeah. um, as we'll go on to find out how they did anyway. Tom Chilton managed to get inside the top 10, finishing ninth overall, uh, and Ash Sutton, one of the title challengers, finishing just outside the top 10 in 11th. Did have a big spin to himself, though. Yeah, late on into the session, seemed to... The, the back end of that car is loose. He wasn't happy with the setup, was he? he no. He, he said they went too oversteery, uh, which is surprising, as I didn't think Sutton could go too oversteery. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, wasn't a good qualifying performance from him. <sighs> do we need to do something in qualifying to, to change things, shake it up a little bit? Because, or is, I, it, or is it just real drive cars will always have that advantage? It is what it is. Stop crying. It is what it is. I, I think it might be more, well... I think it might be more down to adapting how the hybrid works on cars. I have said it before and I'll say it again. I think we need at least a two-session qualifying, if not a three-session like the F1. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Um, other notable absentees from the top ten was Josh Cook, all the way down in 22nd, well off of the pace, 1.4 seconds slower uh, than Turkington, who took pole. Rory Butcher was nearly two and a half seconds off the pace down in 26. Now, he said that he really struggled on the set of tyres that he had for qualifying. It showed. Yeah, it really did show. And normally, we see them change midway through the qualifying session, but he didn't seem to get either of them to work properly or whether he, got, he didn't get any clean air or anything like that on one of the runs. This is why I still think, uh, I made the point again, I think you need a couple, a couple of sessions because it's such a packed field. I think it would make it a bit more exciting. But you're right, sometimes you just can't get the tyres to work. It, it just happens every now and again. It just doesn't... doesn't more work. more understandable in the heat this weekend as well. Yeah, that's it. You know, what setup are they running? That always makes a difference as well. But for me, I said it coming into this weekend that this was the, this was the round I thought the Cook's title challenge was going to die. And when I saw him that far down the grid, I felt very vindicated and not suggesting he was going to get a top 10 finish all weekend. I was quite amazed by the difference between the two Toyota Gazoo racing uh, boys. Butcher down in 26th, uh, Collard up in 10th, 
probably one of his best qualifiers of the season. Other than Doddington. Yeah, um, but certainly showing some good pace. Uh, had his dad there this weekend again. Shedden was in 14th and uh, Gamble in 15th. Any other notable people, mate? No, I don't think so. Qualifying, I'm going to sound like a broken record this part. It's just a bit dull. Yeah, it's... It's not like F1. I, re- I remember when F1 used to be like half an hour session yeah. and you get as many tyres as you like and you try and set the fastest time and... Yeah, it, boring. It definitely works better with the jeopardy of being knocked out and stuff like that. I my eyes are just lit up or something. Can I suggest? Do you ever think we will see sprint races introduced into the touring cars to set the grid? I think it'd be a superb idea, personally. I very much doubt it, just because of the size of the grid. Or do you do a top? Do you get to a top ten and those top ten then do a sprint? Well, you you could look into, you could look into doing like the three sessions like we yeah. have in qualifying at the moment in F one qualifying, should I say? You could look into taking every third driver and having three different sessions that way. Yeah, so that you've got different sp- different pace of driver in each session. Yeah, I quite like that as an idea. Maybe it's a random draw each weekend. 10, yeah, quite 10, possibly. Ten, ten, nine. Yeah. Um, just yeah, like to that. try and mix it up, but also give more. Um, more room on track, especially for the small tracks like Knock Hill and Brands. I like that as an idea, and I think then you could give the winner of each session a point, a championship yeah. point. But then you've also got to be careful of any. I know you're always trying to get the quickest time in qualifying, but the tactical plays around it. If, say, whatever, two drivers set exactly the same time, do you put the person in the first session ahead of the person going in the second session? Or it's how how to work out those the likelihood of that happening. Is those very small. issues, yes, I know. Um, but yeah, there there are certainly different ways that they could get around it. And if that happens, they have to strip to the waist and fight to the death. <laughs> That's probably the best way of sorting that out. Was the stripping to the waist necessary? Well, there are three layers of fireproof overalls, as we were told seventeen thousand times this weekend. So you know, you don't want to get too hot. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. is definitely true. Okay, now I think that covers qualifying, which leads us into race number one. Race one. Race one on Sunday then, and ten past twelve, and I think I was already baking hot by that point. I think this was the hottest race of the day, because the clouds yes. came in a bit for race two, and yeah, even more did. so for race three. This was unbearably hot. Yeah, I, I was cowering behind many umbrellas, trying to keep out away from the sun. Um, but yeah, even in this quote-unquote shade, I was still baking hot. Where did you watch race number one from? Uh, from the outside of Palmer. So I saw most of the infield um, and sort of like just the exit of Richie's turn one. Very good. I was stationed at the bomb hole, which, and then moved around slightly uh, to look at the big screen that was on the corner as well. So yep. crane my neck on the inside of the bomb hole, uh, where we saw a horrendous crash in the Porsches actually at the start of the day, which was, yeah, never nice to see. But anyway, back in the touring cars, uh, Turkson had pole, got a good start. That's race one completed. He won the race with relative ease. And that, uh, God, a little bit more happened than that. Certainly yeah. throughout the grid. Okay, yeah. So uh, off the off the line, Morgan got on the outside of Jelly. Nice racing move from him. Good space given. Good respect for the two drivers. It's the kind of racing you want to see. Uh, Chilton pulled off uh, and having slowed down, uh, it appeared that well, we we know that a Jubilee clip decided to 
what, what's the, what's the word? You you know mechanics better than me. It's not shear itself. It, thread itself. Thread itself. Yeah. So a jubilee clip which costs pennies in in touring car terms. It's basically unscrewed itself. Let the pipe go loose, and you could see mm. it was almost as soon as he pulled off the line. Yeah. I think there was an onboard camera from Sutton. Sutton. And you could see the spray come out the back of the car and cover the front of Sutton's car. And you knew almost straight away from that replay that he was going to be out of that race. Yeah, absolutely. And was unfortunately unable to get back on the grid all weekend. Uh, Cook had a bit of a task to try and come through the field from that far back and launched a ballsy lunge on Thompson. Fair to say that the elbows were definitely out by Cook for this one. Probably just about on the side of Fair, but it was very... It was robust... He, he was eager to make up places on that first lap, wasn't he? I think he made seven or eight on the first lap. Yeah, I imagine he was incredibly angry, red sort of under his visor. Uh, Being ginger, I'd expect so. I, I mean, <laughs> it's hot, you know. Carry on. Yeah. Uh, Hand <laughs> managed to make up six places in two laps, which was quite a surprise given that we'd both written off the PMR Vauxhalls this weekend. Although, yeah. to be fair, we were half right. We were half right. Creasy's race did not go well, race one, did it? No, no, right. we'll get to that. But before that happened, we had Shedden past Lloyd with a bit of the old hip, shoulder, and smacking the door for good measure. Um, the it's thing a is, classic Shedden move. It was fine until the last bit. Like yeah. the move was fine. Then on the way out, on the way out, just a <laughs> bang, just a bang. Have that. <laughs> you know, you're definitely going to rub off your speed now. You're not going back past. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think it fell just on the right side of fair, but he's from the older school of hard racing. I think it's fair to say. It shows. At times, it very much does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kamish would overtake Robot on the final corner of a nice, quick and clean move, which Sutton was able to follow through behind with on Collard. It was kind of synced up as mm-hmm. Kamish took Robottom. Uh, Collard was taken by Sutton. Uh, further back, Moff- Moffat forced off by Osborne, and Ed was to- had to take a trip over the grass. Quite lucky not to roll it or do it. That's where the Porsche rolled uh, mm. after the bomb hole into the straight through into Corum. Kicked a load of grass, but didn't roll the car, which is always good. But no, the, 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 lot of speed. the Porsche roll, there was significant contact for. Yeah, there was a bit of contact. Yeah. There was a bit of contact. <clears throat> uh, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Ah, Crease. There you go. Crease pulled off and leapt out of the car, uh, which seemed to be a fire and overheating problem. He did stop it on the grass, and he has been asked not to, or drives me to stop it on the road where possible. However, if you think the car is on fire, you pull that up and you get out. There's no real messing about. Yeah, so obviously the, all drivers had, in the briefing, been told to stop on track if possible um, because of just how dry it was. And previously on the Saturday, there had actually been a Porsche fire down at the exit of Bombhole, yeah. um, which was the reason that they were trying to minimise the amount of heat on that grass as possible. Yeah, it makes absolute sense, but it seemed that Crease had a, a, some kind of hot issue. And was i tell you what, when he got out of the car and he legged it to the barrier yeah, to did. get an extinguisher. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the marshals were a little slow to respond on that. It took them a lap and a half to call the safety car. It's difficult though, isn't it? Because if you think, if it's not a fire, if, sorry, if you think it's a fire, you put the fire out, you can give it a push. You don't necessarily need doesn't matter, it was in a far too dangerous position. The the amount of speed that they carry through Hamilton is oh, that's fine doing double yellows. We don't need to you know, we don't need to neutralise the race anymore, mate. Yeah, well I'll get to that later in the race. Um but we don't need to neutralise the race, just do it in double yellows. That's how we've been doing it in the past. The the thing is, I knew straight away that that's gonna be a safety car mm. and even 
sitting next to my girlfriend and your girlfriend, they both said, yeah, that's going to be a safety car. And they don't know anywhere near as much. They don't wheel, Sam. They don't wheel like we do. (laughs) They don't know anywhere near as much about racing as we do. Um, But yeah, they they could see the danger that was there for any other cars coming past. I I completely agree. I don't don't know why it took so long to decide what what they were doing. Um, That's not really the marshals. That's on race control, to be fair. Mm. Just to to clarify before we upset the marshals. It's race control. I decide whether to do the safety car or not. I know. But we've seen it. Uh, the last two seasons have really, really wrangled me of how race control have dealt with these kind of situations. I still get horror flashbacks to Lorca Hannafin being moved out of the gravel at um, Donington last year while the mm. race without yep. a safety car with heavy machinery yep. at a corner, which is notorious for people overshooting and getting wrong. Yeah. I hate seeing it in the Janetta Juniors where we don't neutralise a race. I just think you'd. You know, without throwing shade on them, their kids. If anyone's going to make a mistake, it's going to be them, and you're mm. just being absolutely foolish. But yeah. this, we're not the only ones that think this as well. The, Paul the, O'Neill bangs the drum on this all the time as well. There seems to be a real fear that if you put the safety car out, you ruin the race, and therefore you're going to lose viewing figures. Which that that's how it seems sometimes. That you you'd rather the race isn't you know carries on as as organically as possible. Quite honestly, but some safety cars that have been thrown in F1 this season have made the race far more interesting. I also think now that we've gone electronic with the dashboards, there's no reason touring cars can't introduce a VSC. Yeah. There's no reason for that for yeah. that kind of thing where you could probably get it done in half a lap. Yeah. Particularly a long race like Snetterton. At Brands Hatch, a VSC is useless. Because, yeah. But here at Snetterton, it's such a long circuit. Get neutralizer, get them doing four-minute lap times. You get that done. Yeah. Anyway... There's a, what else happened? There's a, Come on. There's a, uh, yeah, every episode rant about the safety car problems. Uh, Butcher damaged himself by trying to dive bomb Aaron Taylor Smith in what was a Butcher-esque move, I think it's fair to say. He managed to damage his bumper doing this. It was yeah, not big or clever. Chopped off the front of Aaron Taylor Smith, trying to turn into a corner, um, ripped part of the rear bumper off. It, it was a block pass, yes, um, but a typically robust one by Butcher. Uh, we then see chips over the grass for Ricky Collard and uh, Ollie Jackson, which would cost some places to Gordon Shen and Aidan Moffat, respectively. Now, uh, Butcher and Cook would then come together and tangle as well. A uh, bit of a recurrence of both drivers, both racing quite hard. And then they, Cook would lose a place to Butcher eventually, and a further place to Gamble, who we didn't mention had to start at the back of the grid as a fuse popped out on the way to the grid. As we wheeled back to the garage during the formation lap, the fuse popped back in, and away you go. It's. it's I don't know whether it's just that team that have bad luck now, because it happened to Morgan at the first race at Knock Hill as well, didn't it? Where he had to be towed back and he was yeah. able to start from the back. The fuses popping out isn't an, that rare occurrence, really. No, Quite no. often it happens. Um, it's always amazing that the fuse box isn't in the cockpit, though, so the driver can't just stick it back in. Yeah, I know. But I suppose there's all kinds of I electrical don't think safety. He, he wouldn't be able to reach across, though, would he? Well, no, but he could get out yeah, of the yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Edwards then had to pull off the track with an issue. It would later transpire it was an engine problem. Um, BTC's engine overheating, overheating, and basically blew. Yeah, uh, that did not pull off. Uh, did not lead him to a safety car because she was able to get it off the grass at the exit of the S's and basically in a completely safe position on, yep. the, on the tarmac on the exit road there. Then this, we go into sort of the biggest issue from race one, if you like, which was Moffat, Cook, and Butel. You blame Moffat. Yeah, I blame no one. So 
going into turn one, you've got Moffat on the outside, Cook in the middle of the track, and Butel out of nowhere down the inside. For me, it's three into one doesn't go. I don't. You're blaming Moffat. I don't know where else he can go. He's got to make the corner. He can't just stop the car. So, if you look at it plainly, there is room for three cars to be on that piece of track at the same time. Yeah. Secondly, Lloyd is carrying uh, Lloyd Butel is carrying a lot more speed than both Cook and Moffat into that corner, mm-hmm. and from Moffat's point of view. He can't see what Butel, what move Butel is mo- making. No. But from how I see it, is that Moffat still turns in on Cook. But he's got to turn to make the corner. Yeah, but he can skate round the outside. I, I don't. Well, not about going on the grass. He can't. So. Yes, he can. You can get three cars around there. Uh, I, I, I think he's expecting Cook to move over. Cook can't move over because Butel's there. And he's still turned in. That's how I see it. Yeah, but you, you're asking you're asking Moffat to know in a split second that Crikey Cook can't move over. I need to now go even wider around well, the corner. He's already committed. Yeah, but Cook is already in his mirror. But he's already committed to the move. He can't stop the move halfway around when he realises that there's no space to complete it. And the clerk of the course agrees with me because no penalties were handed out. Yeah, no. To me, it's a racing instant. It's three into one doesn't go. Yeah. I just don't see how you can blame any one driver on that personally. Yeah, so the the instant completely breaks um, uh, Moffitt's rear suspension. He spins off backwards um, into the barrier. Yeah. uh, Which brings out the safety car. Yes, it does. Um, And originally the marshals thought it would be a straight toe. And so a simple removal of the car, despite us seeing on the TV screens that, yeah, it's broken rear suspension. That's not moving under anything. Any of its own power or help. Yeah, this one annoyed me about how long it took them to decide what they're doing. I know there was a fire risk and they had to make sure it wasn't on fire and Moffat mm-hmm. ran from the car straight away, extinguisher, all that, all that yep. malarkey. But yeah, like you, it took him two, three laps to decide that they couldn't pull mm-hmm. that thing. Which was, And then it was just covered under double yellows yeah. for the rest of the race. And I was like, no, you need to move that car first. Yeah. If, a, if a car's gone off there once in that race, what stops another one? So I'm smiling because I think of the cornfield incident. Yeah, I know. All the way back in 2006. Yeah, no, I'm with you, mate. I don't understand why that was dealt with the way it was dealt with. You don't want to criticise too much, but, you know, it, it was obvious to everybody that that rear had gone. You say you can't drag it across the grass. You could potentially lift and dump it in a, quote, safer position if mm. you're worried about taking too long. But also, you're at the end of the pit lane anyway. Close the pit lane and just go the wrong way up it. No, you can't. So Why not? Not safe on a live track. Far from safe on a live track. Well, not if everyone's already it, gone it, past. It's, it's the. So you, well, so you got to be got to go all the way round to that car to the next escape route. They can't go. Yeah, the so way. the the next escape route would have been on the inside of Richie's between. Really? Yeah, between Richie's and um, Wilson at the hairpin. There is a gap in the barrier there that they would have been so able to get through. So even if the safety car's taken them all past, you can't go you can't wrong go. direction on the track. Wow. Okay. It is. It is. You have to get uh, approval from race control, and effectively the race has to be stopped if you want to go wrong direction. And that's normal, for, normally only for medical emergencies. Well, okay. Well, that's cleared that up for me. So, yeah, it's the fair absolute enough. last thing that they want to do. Fair enough. I can I get the logic, but <coughs> fair, fair enough. They have learnt something this evening. That's all right. Happy days. Um, is that it? 
Safety car restarted. Butcher and Gamble had a little bit of a tussle, uh, which allowed Aaron Taylor-Smith to get past. Patterson joined in, as did Butel. Uh, Gamble was then mugged at the S's, but forced Butel a little bit wide on the grass. A bit hard from from Gamble. Yeah, he, he was trying. He's still trying to make progress back through the field, which, to his credit, he'd done fairly well up to that point, um, trying to salvage as many points as possible yep. and uh, to try and keep his nose in there for Jack Sears. I'm amazed he got away with the penalty in this race, actually, because then he made a further odd move, crashing into the back of Patterson, which then turned Aaron Taylor-Smith round, or half round, I should say, mm. which cost Aaron Taylor-Smith a place in the points, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it got away with that. It was messy. It wasn't mm. particularly clever. Um, and the move was never really on. But it was a BMW. So as Tim said, if a BMW locks up, it's, it's, it's fine. Uh, the only penalty from race one was for Dexter Patterson, who was penalised with the addition of 1.2 seconds to his over race time for an incident involving Josh Cook. So I assume a push to pass yeah. was the... Uh, I'd expect so. You'd expect so. Right, that concludes race one, other than the top ten, which were... Uh, obviously Colin Turkton won from Jake Hill from Tom Ingram Adam Morgan in 4th Jelly in 5th Plato in 6th Camish 7th Robottom 8th Sutton down in ninth, and Gordon Shedden rounded out the top 10 yeah and to finish off the points we had Ricky Collard in 11th followed by Dan Lloyd who had a fairly quiet weekend in, yeah. on the whole uh, followed by Ash Hand who won Jack Sears in that race followed by Bobby Thompson and Rory Butcher managed to recover from 26th back to 15th moving on to race 2 race 2 race 2 then Sam take us through it yeah well it's a fairly even start at the front um, Hill may maybe just trying to get the edge um, but they were side by side going into turn 1 and still half a lap later, they were side by side. Gave each other a lot of racing room. Yes, certainly I did. Don't think they'd have afforded the same to anybody else. I'm slightly disappointed Hill didn't go a bit harder. Yes, am I? And Especially as I had him for a win this well, weekend. Yeah, but given that he is behind in the championship, I thought he might go, do you know what, I'll deal with the team order falling out later on. Yep. I'm going for this. Um, be a little bit more. Because I think if it was, a, if it was a, even a tad more aggressive, Colin would have bailed. Because yes. it's the way he, he drives, yep. it's the way he is. I think if there's any slight suggestion that it was going to get spicy, that he would have bailed out. Yeah, and sort of like front row seat for that was Ingram uh, in third, just waiting for either one of them just to drop a wheel in the dirt or run wide or, or get nerfed off by the other, uh, looking to take advantage. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to. Um, also in the opening exchanges, Sutton and Camish lost lots of po- lots of places. Uh, Sutton lost seven and Camish lost thirteen, which is really weird because I never saw Sutton take a place back or race, but he still finished ninth. I know, I know. Um, and I believe from the replays that we've seen, and they're not very clear at all because they're sort of like onboard shots. Yep. There in- isn't any shots from Sutton's car, which I thought there might have been, with him being one of the camera cars this weekend. I think Camish runs wide and Sutton is just on the outside of him. They were almost trying to follow each other through and yeah. Camish has maybe locked up, gone deep into the hairpin at Wilson um, and taken both of them wide. Yeah, it's so hard. I mean, they're in the back, they're in the middle of a pack. Yep. And the, it could easily be a tapper. Or, you know, it's so difficult to tell about an onboard replay from one of the two involved. The camera work was... Interesting again at times this weekend. Well, you mentioned the camera work, and towards the end of the first lap, 
Um, Shedden was off the road along with Jackson at the final chicane, and I've got no idea why. No. Jackson ended up with a, a radiator full of grass. grass and dust, which miraculously he cleared. I know. I've got no idea how. I thought he's sure to be in next yeah. lap to try and get that cleared out. Um, but yeah, there didn't seem to be any catalyst for that to happen. I've worked out they're sponsored by, by Milwaukee, aren't they? Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. Who do hoovers and stuff like that and air blowers. He must have gotten one built in the front of the car to blow it all out. So with all of this going on, Hand had managed to get up to ninth overall and, yeah. and was sitting pretty. The top eight had almost escaped and then he was at the head of that next group. I tell you what, he's very good at spotting opportunities and weaving his way he through is. the trouble. You remember the Alton Park, which ridiculously got penalised for. I was going to say, he managed to get away without being penalised for it this weekend. I'm still furious about that one at Alton Park, yeah. getting penalised for. But anyway, that's gone. Go listen to the pod for that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, he seems very good at weaving his way through trouble. Uh, you mentioned after the race that Thompson was struggling with no hybrid in race two. Seemed to be a problem with hybrid and, yeah, during the opening exchanges, yeah. And you said it was quite interesting listening to the radio in the garage about it all. Yeah, so obviously I was able, as I mentioned earlier, I was, was part of Team Hard this weekend, so I was able to watch race two from inside their garage, um, and we were on the Bobby Thompson side of things, so whilst we couldn't hear what he was saying, we could hear what was being said to him by his radio engineers, and it... Frantic, I got the impression. Yeah, I think so. It yeah. was yeah. At times, I think the heat. Everybody gets a bit agitated, don't they? Um, what I will say is that I really would like to see, with the new influx of fans they're trying to do with, with the ITV One stuff, I'd love mm. them to start broadcasting radio as well, like we get in the F One. Well, we get a couple of laps later in the F One, so it's all. I'm not sure they've got enough beeps on the beep machine. Yeah, but in F One, they yeah, look, no. we can have Verstappen in F One. <laughs> yeah. You know, he wants to F everything, so... And Sonoda. And, yeah, and Sonoda. And Leclerc's got a bit of a tongue on him at times as well, hasn't yeah. he? So, and obviously when Lando Norris needs his milk, he needs to shout loudly about that. So, no, I think um, I think we could get the radio broadcast out in touring cars. That'd be cool. It'd certainly be interesting to get more behind the scenes and, and more action on, on that front. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, as I said, top eight were um, escaping away uh, with all the battling behind. Crease would have to come in early in the race for a drive-through penalty after a full start. I believe either a jump the start or not quite in grid position. Um, that one completely passed me by. <laughs> yes, it did. You didn't even notice that he was like off the back of the pack. No. No. Okay. I just thought that's where he was anyway. To be fair, after yeah. race one's retirement. So I, I was watching from the Agostini bank for the second race. And um, he was a notable distance behind Edwards, who had started from pit lane after um, an engine swap, which was done between races somehow. Yeah, superb effort, that, to be fair. Mega effort by the team. Um, I managed to find a couple of Sutton's moves. So you say okay. that you didn't see him come back through. He made a light lunge on Lloyd into Wilson, which yeah, was a nice clean did. move. Yeah. Uh, and then a lap later did the same to oh sorry two laps later did the same to Ash Hand yeah but he's going to make a I don't know whether the other where four did the rest come I don't from? know I don't know but it, it was just that Sutton sort of like ghosting through the field taking the opportunities where he could get them um, and getting back up into ninth position um, lap six of the race Shedding goes off uh, exit of Brundle and Nelson cuts across sort of like the inside of bomb hole definite issue he does stop on the track this time yeah. Um, which meant that safety car would have to be deployed. Uh, he was then recovered to one of the inside gates at Corn. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, that was all 
nice and swift. Yeah, nice swiftly dealt, yeah, dealt yeah. with. Um, on the restart, Rick Parfit had a, a wild moment, shall we say, at the exit of Richie's, where he ran wide and launched the car. It's oh, I love Parfit. He was a real highlight in the tent when he did the Q and A session. He's a real nice guy. I can imagine that he has loads of charisma oh, and he's fantastic. really easy to listen to and yeah. talk to and stuff like that. Brutally honest. But <laughs> I just think to myself, he was well on for a top 20 finish. He was actually on the cusp of points. Mm. It, well, it's not, it wasn't beyond all possible that he got points in that race. Yeah. And just that error. Ran wide, ripped the rear bumper off. Damaged the engine in the process. And damaged the engine in the process. It's just like, he's... I mean, he was able to laugh at it afterwards. You know, he said that he had a nosebleed being so high and you know, battling with Camish and um, Sutton. But then if you're battling with Camish and Sutton, albeit they're slightly out of position, you yep. were on the cusp of points. Yep. It's... Very well oh, said. So. Yeah, gutted for him, but ultimately, I, I couldn't see anybody else to blame but himself. So on the restart, Hill managed to get a better restart than Turkington. Um, both of them had gapped Ingram in third, and Hill was looking... Looking to try and make the most of it, but certainly wasn't as close as he was at the start of the race. No, and again, yeah, he clearly has been told not to get too involved with Turkton, mm-hmm. and you'd assume vice versa, which you can understand, even though boo, team orders are <laughs> never fun. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see in the final three rounds how those team orders as such play out, because Jake Hill, although part of WSR, he's running his own arm of it and with Mark Blundell and stuff. And he's going to want to push for a title. I think this was the last of the nice stuff. It's There's going yeah. to be a, an incident between the pair of them. I yeah. really do think there's going to be. Especially with... It, this doesn't work. We saw it with Andrew Jordan. Mm-hmm. When it when it gets into that sharp end of the season, do you remember the nonsense they had under the safety car at, Snetter, at uh, Silverstone with him, Carish and Turkington? Yeah. Um, yeah, or was it him and Sutton and Turkton? I might be doing camera to service, I can't remember now. But there was, there was certainly some nonsense under the safety car at Silverstone where they're banging into each other. Yeah. It doesn't work. No. And Hill, at some point, is going to go, do you know what? I'm not sponsored by WSR. I've got to bring my own sponsors to the table. Yeah. I want to win a championship. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're going to see thunder, thunder clouds or uh, thunderbolts, lightning, mm. frightening, scaramouche between them. <laughs> Um, so, also on the restart, Moffitt had to pull over and quickly leapt out the car mm-hmm. once again. Um, luckily, by Marshall's post, um, just to check there was no overheating and fire. Yeah. It was. But a, a weekend that went from bad to worse, really, wasn't it? Yeah. The, how suitable was the car? Oh, every time they make a step forward of it, they end up going 10, 10 spaces back. and it's, yeah. It must be even more frustrating for those driving it, to be fair. Yeah, very much so. So in the final few laps, Turkington would come home to take full points for the weekend so far. That's fastest lap, leading a lap on each race, taking the win in each race and qualifying. And imper- another point for driving a BMW and impervious, being Tim really, best friend. Yes. in those first two races. Yeah, no, all jokes aside, drove like a champion, did absolutely everything he needed to do, defended well when he needed to from here at the start of this race and just controlled it from there. Um, in terms of penalties, Gordon Shedden got a penalty, or sorry, received a verbal warning for an incident involving Daniel Lloyd. We'll never know what that incident was because it wasn't shown on the cameras. I assume a bit of aggression between the pair of them. Yeah, I would assume possibly a push to pass as um, Shedden was in and around that area for the start of that race. Yeah, uh, quite possibly so. 
Um, so to finalise the points for that race, Turkington from Hill from Ingram, Morgan again in fourth along with Jelly in fifth, Ricky Collard managed to get past Jason Plato uh, in sixth and seventh, Dan Rowbottom eighth, Ash Sutton as we said recovered to ninth with Ash Hand in tenth, Dan Lloyd then from Butcher, Jackson with a really good uh, point score for him in 13th, followed by George Gamble and Josh Cook managed to get his first point of the weekend. Um, one point isn't enough for Josh Cook at this stage of the season, no, is it? No, 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 no. Um, I would say that goose is cooked. Yes, certainly was in that heat this weekend. Moving on to race three. Race two. At the end of race two then, ball number nine was pulled out of the pot to put a certain Mr. Ashley Sutton on pole position. Indeed, which ruined the celebrations for Turkin's 500th race somewhat. Uh, I'm amazed they didn't try and wave the rules so he didn't start first, uh, as it was his race number 500. And Plato was celebrating race 650 this weekend as well. Uh, he would line up third on the grid, so he had a real shot at so, you know, a decent result. Mm, certainly did. Uh, the race was marred slightly from the start. The Moffat and Crease were unable to take their spaces on the grid and had to start from pit lane. Chilton still not able to take the start either. So, not particularly great for or, those three drivers. Or Hamilton. Or Hamilton. Uh, and neither Dynamics cars had their hybrid systems working. So, yeah, all in all, a cacophony of uh, issues at the start of race. What a word. I know. Well done. I've been reading the dictionary. Oof. Uh, Robottom took the had the better start and took the lead off Sutton with a really good move into turn one. Don't really know how it happened. Just seemed to get a better run off the line. Sutton seemed to bog down slightly in trying to move across, and Robo was there. Dropped the clutch perfectly, really. Yeah, got his reaction absolutely spot on. Although Sutton was able to get back through at Hamilton and then was able to defend uh, Robottom off, which allowed Plato through for a little bit of rubbing. But rubbing is racing. I think overall. Fair move. Fair move. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. It's a bit of a, bit of a block pass took an opportunity of uh, finding the gap on the inside, and yeah, Robottom didn't have any response. Yeah, no, no great. Not, not down to hybrid or anything, because you don't get that on the first lap, remember? Thanks, I'd forgotten. That's right. <laughs> I'd forgotten, so that's a very good point. Uh, Butcher and Jelly then began banging door handles through Sector 1, which continued into the S's. Uh, Jelly was then knocked sideways by Butcher. Aggressive and naughty move. I will say in Butcher's defence, the sausage curb doesn't help because Butcher ends up cutting inside slightly, gets launched up a little bit by the curb and hits Jelly. Although, in fairness, the move was never on anyway. <laughs> it was a very late move. So the camera coming into the S is Brundle Nelson. Um, it, wrote, uh, Butcher was quite clearly behind Jelly and just yeah, sort yeah. of like came out of nowhere into the second part. Yeah, the the, the curb doesn't help, but it's not the excuse. I will say that there was a nasty incident in the F4s where a car launched over that sausage curb as well. Yes. I am anti-sausage curb. Yes, so am I. And I think it's ridiculous we've still got them at these racetracks. Mm, I know. Um, there's, there's so many better options. Yes. Stick a gravel pit there, stick a tyre barrier there. It's not a sausage curb at Knockhill. No. They use tyre barriers. Yeah. Phone barrel, if you yeah. call them, it's mental for me. It's yeah. such, and if you need to any other reason, go watch Abby Eaton's crash in the women's series. Yep. Go watch the GT crash at Monza a couple of weeks ago. I think it was Aston Martin yep. that broke there. They are so friggin' dangerous for yep. my for me. Even the um, F2 crash at Silverstone. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, where the halo was made to 
made its worth. Yeah, absolutely. And we've driven around Snetterton, mm. and those curb, that sausage curb, and there's another one, isn't there, just into Coram? Uh, Murray's. Murray's. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, they are mean, mean, insert swear word here. Yeah, yeah, they're big. Yeah. <laughs> if you go over that, if I'd hit that in my humble little box, I'd have torn the wheel and wing off, I think. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't. Me too, <laughs> me too. Anyway, the race. Anyway, the race, yeah. Well, I've got to have a rant in every race somewhere, haven't I? Uh, Turkerton would then pass uh, Morgan in the complex, in, infield complex section. Good move, fair. Morgan didn't really bother defending it once Turkerton was through, which you kind of expect. Morgan's there to win his own race, or drive his own race, rather. Dived out of the way a little bit. He left the you door. He bottled it. Yeah, he left the door open, and it was almost like, "Come on through." He's suggesting a, not at all. A customer BMW was allowing through the works BMW. Not at all. Are you suggesting it a little bit next? I I have the you right. Won't, you don't speak about your sister present. I have the right to remain silent. <laughs> this isn't twenty-four hours in police custody, so I'll move on. Uh, Rowbottom and Collard were the next to come together. A bit of. Rubbing, but well raced. Collard would then pass at the S's with a very good move, uh, and then Ingram would opportunistically dive down the inside um, through the next corner. To be fair to Rowbottom, whilst he lost two spaces, he actually gave Collard a lot of space through the S's and avoided a crash. Uh, yes, he we've did. We've seen what happens if you don't give space at the S's over the years. Uh, if you think back to Sutton wanting to nuts Plato whilst wearing a helmet afterwards, you know, there are. Yeah. Richard was involved in that one as well. Yeah, but not in a bad <laughs> no, way, no. to be fair to him. But, yeah, we've, we've seen what can happen down at the S's if you don't give space. And, and fair play to Robottom. Yeah, I think Robottom, because of not having the hybrid for the race, he he knew when to give up a fight um, of, of drivers yeah. trying to get past him. Um, and this, this was an example of one of those times. Lap 6 saw Ash Hands leave the uh, field of battle with an issue, which was a shame because he was on for a treble with the Jack Sears at that point. He was. Uh, having won race 1 and 2 with the Jack Sears and actually made a nice bit of a closing on Gamble. But unfortunately for him, the reliability let him down, although we didn't find out what it was for. This race, I think, was the most ridiculous in where you get into the BMW question of power because Hill was able to literally drive, drive past, past Butch on yeah. straight. Literally yeah. just drive round him. And what is it, 40 horsepower that the hybrid system gives? That's nowhere near enough to be able to do it that easily. No. Oh, no, it was you know, it was crazy. It was like overtaking on the outer lane of a motorway. Yeah. When the car you're overtaking is, a, I don't know, a Peugeot being driven by an elderly person who's got big Magoo glasses on, a map over one side, and thinks if you go above 20, the whole car will disintegrate. I wondered where you were going with that, but go on. <laughs> we mentioned it slightly in the build-up, and I was unsympathetic. What, where, what's your stance on the BMWs and the powers and where we are? Do you think we should get to a stage where you say, "No, you can't build your own engine. This is the engine you've got to use. You can tune it, you can adapt it slightly, but this is the engine. Everyone's got to use it." My argument is based on the fact that you can see the difference between WSR and Sisley with car gods. you can see that yes, there. No, Gamble had a hell of a lot of speed down the straight as well. He did, but that was against mainly other front-wheel drive cars yeah, yeah. and normally um, Toker engines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot. There is no real comparison between the Neil Brown engine that's built for WSR and the Neil Brown engine that's built for Dynamics. There's still a vast difference between the two. 
Now, is that just down to how the BMW is set up, how it's built? The fact it's got the engine in the middle. <laughs> the fact that it's rear-wheel drive, it's able to get that drive off the corner. It's I a DTM think... car, Sam. <laughs> I think something needs to be looked at in regards to rear-wheel drive. But we've always had this conundrum. Yeah. I think where I'm at it is that we're at a sport that we're trying to grow... Mm-hmm. BMW is setting the benchmark because they've got the most money. Let's, 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 let's be frank yeah. and let's talk openly. However, in the same way Mercedes have dominated F1 by having the most money and therefore having the most uh, resources, resources to throw, to throw at, it. at it, the best mechanics, the best engineers, etc. Should you punish WSR for developing a car that is clearly working this well? And it's a very difficult one because you don't want dominance because I know you love Hamilton and I know you love Mercedes, but as someone who's a more casual observer of one, it's been bloody boring for the last 10 years. On you, A couple you, of seasons aside, it's you been want, bloody boring. You want a good race each weekend. You want a good title championship that goes to the final yeah, race. exactly. How many times in F1 was it won with three, four races to go, even more on occasion? You know? yeah. when they, and it's different. The sports are different, but my point is that you knew who was going to win F1 after about three races. And you don't want touring cars to get into the same situation. It's not that long ago. Was it 2017 we had how many different winners? 19 winners in a season? So Something ridiculous that we had so many different race winners across the season. Seven or eight, but yeah. No. It wasn't that many. I think it was. It wasn't. There's only 20... Oh, what, you're talking tour, touring cars? Touring cars. Sorry, I missed that bit. No, I thought you were on about cars. F1. No, no, 2017 um, touring cars. Yes. We had 17, yeah, 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 18 yeah. winners. Yeah. That's where, we, that's where I want the sport to be. Yeah, definitely. Do you think there needs to be a budget cap introduced? I think the real danger of that... I like the idea. The real danger of that is we're not blessed with the fact we don't have that many manufacturers. The more you start to regulate and restrict, the less likely you are to get manufacturers on board. And does that then stunt the growth of the sport? You say that, but a budget cap's been introduced into F1 and it's looking like... Porsche are going to come into it. Yeah, but F1 already had big manufacturers already. Yes, in. I know that. Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, yeah. Renault, Alpine, whatever they are now. But Citroen. Going on the back of something that we were talking about off air, the budget difference between those teams at the bottom end of the grid mm-hmm. and those teams at the top end of the grid is near enough half the budget again of yeah. what those yeah. bottom teams are spending. Yeah. Is it too much? I think. I like the idea of budget cap as well because you think how much sponsorship drivers have to bring to the table yes. to make it work. A budget cap could help yep. you know, become, make the sport that bit more accessible. Does that then reduce the quality you're going to actually get in the sport? I don't know. That's a question. Mm-hmm. If you're saying you can only spend you know, a third of what you have been spending, does that then reduce what quality we're going to get? The car's going to get slower. Are we actually going to get more disparity because you're going to have some teams that can just absorb it better than others? Um, the budget cap in F1 I don't think has particularly worked I've not seen any great leaps and changes this year no but we are only in the first season of it again we're only in the first season the changes in the BTCC and we've accepted that there are going to need to be adaptations made Mm. Um, so it's always going to be a developing thing yeah I'm I'm not sure I I, I don't particularly want to penalise teams who are developing well However, that said, race one and two was just dull when when you've got no chance mm. of catching. But on the flip side, how much was that down to the heat and the fact that rear wheel rear wheel drive cars? Come on, spin it out, mate. The W the RWD cars 
are able to look after their tyres better in those conditions. If we were to have a race later on the season, it's wet. All real drive fans will say, "Well, it's not fair because our cars can't cope in the rain." Yeah, don't know. Should we get back to the race anyway? Yeah, where uh, were you? Where was I? Uh, lap seven, Boutel out. Nothing more to add there. Shedden managed to climb himself up twelve places to get himself into the points. Uh, Hill would then go on to pass Rowbottom, whilst Turkton passed Butcher exactly the same behind, just driving around the outside of them. Uh, Rowbottom then have a fairly hard but um, fair, robust ba- battle with Hill. Uh, but in the skirmish, Colin was also able to nip past the Dynamics driver. Robottom just fell through the field at that point. Uh, Butcher and Mark Morgan were the next to pass Robottom through the S's. And then we got onto the sort of the main talking point of this race, which is the Collard incident. Ingram got himself through Collard on the final lap, having uh, sort of looked to set the move up a couple of laps earlier. Got the move done, got the pass done. And then Collard says Ingram left the door open and I agree to a point the door was the door was ajar yes the door was ajar there but, was room to stick your nose down the inside yeah, it, it, but it, it was a closing door yeah the door was ajar but Collard was the police for batting around at three in the morning doing a drugs raid it, yeah we, so again replays weren't great of it there only seems to be a, a rear view camera from Ingram's car and from what we can see Collard goes all four wheels over the white line off the track on the inside. With a bit of barge as well. Yes, with a significant hit to the rear end. Which seems to damage Ingram's car. Yes. And I think the the amount of force used was excessive. And the fact that he's gone all four wheels off the track is what makes it an illegal overtake for me. Yeah, no, it's, an illegal, it's an illegal overtake for me as well. Yeah, I don't blame him for doing it, and I think every driver would do it because you you might as well finish third on the road and lose it in the Clark course and finish fourth and never know. And from having his dad as a mentor, you can quite easily see that's a move he would have made. Uh, Collard's a very Ricky Collard's a very hard, aggressive driver. Yeah. Raced well this weekend. I don't blame him for making the move. I do think that the fallout from it is a little bit. What's the word? Handbags at dawn. Over the top, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, in my view, this is not a travesty. No, he's the positions have basically been reversed. He's lost a second on race time. He's been put back to fourth. Ten years ago, that doesn't even get looked at. No, but we're not racing ten years ago. We're on the new rules. You can't push to pass. Like or lump it, that's where we are. It's worth the go, but I think the stewards are absolutely right in their decision to, to reverse the places. Yeah, so do I. Because Ingram showed you can actually do a move incredibly cleanly about yeah. making contact. Yeah. So That pretty much sums up race number three then. So as a reminder, Ash Sutton won the race fairly comfortably. Uh, 4.5 seconds lead over uh, Jason Plato, who was at least able to pick up his first podium of this season. Looked untroubled as well at the front. Yeah, he gave a, he tried to give it to uh, Ash in the opening couple of laps, but was unable to sort of keep the the momentum in his tyres, so was unable to keep up the challenge. Uh, that's his first podium since ooh, I can't remember now. Brands last year. Yeah, quite possibly. So it's a long while. Uh, in second place, I say was uh, was Plato. Ingram third, Collard fourth, Hill fifth, Turkton battle back to sixth. Butcher uh, finished 7th with Morgan 8th, Ollie Jackson with what must be one of his best results of the season in ninth, and Dan Rowbottom in 10th. Yeah, Cook managed to pick up a few more points in 11th, followed by Dan Lloyd, George Gamble, Bobby Thompson, and as we said, Dan, uh, Gordon Shedden managed to fight through from the back of the field to 15th. That sums up the week's racing. Uh, have you got any final thoughts before we move on to the driver grades? No, I think we should get straight into it. 
Right, starting with Colin Turkton, who is top of the class, top of the list, and top of the type championship standings. Yeah. It's an E. <laughs> it's an A star. It's possibly one of the best weekends, or definitely the best weekend he's had this season. And he seems to be getting stronger as the season goes on. Yep, uh, Stephen Jelly gets a B, raced well, qualified well, gets punted by Butcher. Not a fault for the instant in any way, shape or form. And actually, I'm going to be honest, this has been a really good season for Stephen Jelly. That's a third, fourth B on the bounce. Yep. He's done really well this year. He could have quite easily this weekend been top six or three races yeah, if it easily. weren't for that. Yep, yeah, 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 really good performance. Uh, Jake Hill, a B, got the winner race to get an A really. Yeah. Um, perhaps could have been a bit more aggressive for Colin. But overall, he'll be happy with his points all this weekend. Could this be him tempering his um, his overtaking? Because sometimes he's been pushing too hard and making mistakes and stuff like that. Was this a weekend where he's gone, OK, I'm going to bank the points. I may not have the pace to get past Turkington, but I need the points. Possibly. I just think he's keeping his powder dry until he needs to really battle <laughs> with Turkington. Because... Yep. Why upset the team dynamic with three races ago and you could upset it with one round ago? Yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, Sutton gets a B. Yes, he wins a race, but he messes up his qualifying. That puts him on the back foot for races one and two. I think he said himself that had he qualified better, he'd have had a much better weekend. Quite an obvious thing to say, but correct. So a B for me. Camish gets a D. It's just not working, is it? No. My concern is that if he qualifies well, he seems to race okay inside that top 10 area. And let me finish. And then if he has an issue or falls back through the field, he doesn't seem to make any progress. But I was going to say, he doesn't make progress if he qualifies well. Mm. I, I can't remember a single overtake this year. And there obviously has been overtakes. I'm not saying he's not. But do you know what I mean? He, he doesn't mm. seem to be able to... Is it the confidence in the car? I don't know. Doesn't seem to be able to wield it in the same way that certainly Sutton has been able to, and we've seen Camish wheel cars in the past. Yeah, very much so. I'd, yeah, we'll see what next season brings. Osborne's a D, anonymous weekend, couple of mistakes, didn't score points, wasn't close to scoring points, pretty much with muchness. Overshadowed by Jackson. Yeah, Jackson, best performance of the season for him, two points finishes, uh, and top 10 finish. Raced pretty well all weekend, yep. qualified decently, so yeah, it's a B for him. Uh, Adam Morgan gets a B, fairly quiet, but scored good points all weekend. Very consistent from him this weekend. Campbell gets a C, unlucky of the the incident in race one, which puts him to the back of the field. Battle through okay, though race three, I was surprised how little progress ends up making ultimately. Yeah, and there were a couple of um, dodgy moves, should we say. Agreed. Uh, Shedden and Robottom both get Cs. Yeah. Just it a, was a fairly average weekend from Team Dynamics. Agreed. Uh, Lloyd, average as well, gets a C. Didn't really do anything good. Didn't do anything bad. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Scored some points. Yep, Ingram gets a B. Trouble with the podium. Did what he could. Um, Pointsy weekend, I think he said pointsy. it. He said it wanted to be, and uh, that's certainly what it was. What? Yeah, no, I'm just wondering, does he throw... Held to the wind at Thruxton if, if there's half a chance that BMW are struggling. So if, Colin, if Colin's down in 10th, 9th, and Ingram's on 4th, does he go, do you know what, balls to the wall, let's have a go here, because I need to make the most of this, or does he carry on doing pointsy things? I think he carry on carries on doing pointsy things. Quite possibly. Uh, Chilton gets a U, can't grade him. He completed, well, he didn't even complete one lap, did he? No, but he did smile in the pit lane. 
so Fair that enough. was nice. Uh, Butel gets a D, race nicely at points, mm. nothing spectacular. Car failure in race three. Crease, D, that car doesn't work for long periods of time and just doesn't, didn't click for Crease this weekend. And On the other hand, <laughs> sorry. I still don't know if gone for a C, I think we should go for a B really, won two rounds of the Jack Sears. He did, yes. Uh, raced well. I want to. Ch- I'll change that to a B. Do you want to then change it to a B? He finished well. Yeah. He raced well. Kept out of trouble as well. Didn't get into any silly skirmishes with anybody. No, no. Yeah, it was a B for hands. We would have had all three Jacks ears had it not been for a problem race three. Yep. Uh, Cook gets a C. Title is dead. Yeah, it's not the weekend. <laughs> not the weekend he wanted, um, and didn't have anywhere near as much pace as Plato did. No. Surprisingly, uh, and also got himself involved in lots of incidents this weekend, which happens when you're down that end of the pitch. Certainly does. Field, grid. Uh, Plato's a B, podium, good pace, raced fairly well, looks untroubled, yep. did well. Uh, Edwards is a D, yeah, engine. Ch- the team get an A star for the engine change in, in what was effectively 45 minutes. Yep. Um, but you've got to say it wasn't particularly well racing on the day. Uh, Bobby Thompson gets a C. Yeah, it wasn't a great weekend for the Coopers either. Taylor Swift gets a C as well. Both around about where you'd expect them to be. Hamilton and uh, Powell both get Ds. Hamilton is still trying to develop that servo brake system. Once that clicks, well, I think we'll see the best of him. But it's going to take a while to, to get there. Uh, Moffat and Patterson also both get Ds. Weekend to forget for the laser tool car. Unreliable, instant packed, just not... Broken. <laughs> yeah, Moffat's not a happy bunny on social No, not at all. Either... Parfit also gets a D. Could have been so much more, but you can't be ripping your bumper off and you can't park there. Uh, Butcher gets a C. Poor qualifying. Debatable moves. Yeah, made, made progress through the field, which was good to see, but some of the moves were very, very firm. I'll give him Collard a B. Race well the weekend. Yeah, he loses the podium, but he's a racer. I don't... don't um, you know. No. Penalise for trying. No, I'd go with that. Right, awards for the weekend, and then we'll do a quick prediction update. Um, let's you want to do that first. We can finish on a high. No, no, we'll we'll do the awards first. Uh, I think we both have to agree on driver of the weekend, don't we? Yes. It has to be Turkington. Yeah, it's it's just so dominant in those first two races. And qualifying. Um, and qualifying, and managed to get back into the top six, which yeah, he needs he needs for that title. Is it done? Not yet. But you reckon it's going his way? I, I said last week when you yeah. asked me... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you every week. Head says Turkington. And this just backs up what I said last My week. My starting to turn. Uh, villain of the weekend for me was Cheap Jubilee Clips. Uh, it's, a shame for, it's a real shame for Chilton because he's had a very up and down season. We've been quite critical at times. Qualified ninth had an engine that could actually do some damage yeah. this weekend potentially yeah. and instead the engine got damaged yes um, those Jubilee clips which is such a such a random thing to fail and unfortunately it's costing the weekend yeah it certainly has uh, my villain has to be Cook um, really poor in qualifying uh, didn't make great progress in race one and then the progress that he made in the other two races was marred by a few incidents Anyway, this is my driver of the weekend because he scored with prediction points. Yes, yes. Uh, who was your surprise good of the weekend? Uh, Plato. I yep. did not expect to see him on the podium. <laughs> um, and 
very much did not expect to see him in the top 10 all weekend. No, I'd agree with you on that score. I've gone for Ash Hands. Yeah. I think we wrote the, P- the PMR Voxel off coming into this weekend. Certainly did. And for two of the three That's races... That's why it does well. <laughs> and for two of the three races, he did pretty well. Uh, and my surprise bad of the weekend... I mean, bad's probably too strong a word, but Lloyd just didn't... It was consistent. He scored points, stayed out of trouble, and with the problems he's had budget-wise, yeah, it's good not to cause any more damage to the car. But I was left slightly underwhelmed. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, my bad was Camish this weekend... Although he had a good finish in race one, as I said, once he got shuffled down down the field in race two, didn't make progress, and then didn't make progress again in race three. No. Um, and it seems to be either an issue with his driving this year or with the not set up with the car correctly. It just doesn't make progress. No, no that's so, fair enough. Uh, right, that's the awards, that's the grades, so we move on to the predictions. Let's get, let's get Bingo out of the way first. Yeah. Okay, so bingo, remind us of your three. Uh, so my three were getting corner names mixed up, because uh, there have been a few changes in the names at Snetterton. Uh, getting a toe down the Bentley Strait, and a mention of the tyre test that happened here at Silverstone in the... Silverstone? Snetterton, even, in the um, mid-season break. Fair enough. Uh, and you got the tyre test? Yes, I did. Well done. Twice. But it counts only once. one point. Uh, what I went for, it's going to be so hot in there. Uh, reference to bomb hole history, and here they are, absolute together, and only the heat one came through, which means that I lead the bingo 8-6. All to play for on the bingo, mate. Yes. That's very close. Yes. Should we want to say it's not as close? No. Uh, right. <laughs> this is my best ever weekend for predictions. Yes. So I've scored five out of a possible six this weekend. Yes, well done. Thank you. Bloody hell. Did, was that convincing? I'll take it. Okay, good. Uh, I went for a pole sitter to be Turkington, a race winner to be Turkington, a race winner to be Sutton, a race winner to be Ingram, which didn't come in, Jack Sears to be Gamble, which was a risk at some point, but it, did, it was, yeah. It did come in, and no top 10 for Cook, which means. Finished 11th in the last I don't race. Care. Oh, it's just. I don't care. Turkington finished 6th in the race 3. You're yeah, going to count right. that, aren't you? Yep. Your, your six were? Hill was mugged in qualifying at the last possible moment by Turkington. <laughs> Mate, Turkington wants that Wingfoot Award. Yes, yeah, so I know he does. This means more. Then Hill didn't push hard enough in race two to take the victory from him, uh, which would have gave me points. We both didn't score any Ingram, fair enough. Uh, your but- Butcher one was... Butcher started way too far backwards. Yeah. At least my Ingram one looks, you know... The three-thirds looked like yeah. it was doable. Your butch one looks very foolish. And then, as you said, Gamble just about come in and Turkington managed to snatch six on the final lap. <laughs> so you got two points this weekend. Yep. Which means that I lead 20 points to 14 and a half. And there are only... I need a miracle. Well, there are 18 points remaining. Yes, but I need a miracle. I would agree, to be fair. You are five and a half points down. Because you could just go for all the same predictions that I go for and completely block me out. I could, but the way we do it is yes, we take it in turns. And I wouldn't do that just to, be, <coughs> just to be that way. However, the problem is that we're at the stage of the season and going back to what I said earlier about the predictability of the touring cars this year, we're going to predict the same four or five drivers every day, every race anyway, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, it could come down to like double wins and stuff like that. If, who's going to be bold enough to go for a double win? Well, I've done it once this season. And it didn't pay off, did it? Did it? So. <laughs> we'll oh. see. We'll see. We, we will see. We will see. 
I think that sums up where we are at with Snetterton. A big uh, congrats to Turkerton, who leads the championship away from here. A big shout out to all the marshals on the day who uh, sweltered through the heat to help provide us with the racing. Uh, and actually, I want to give a quick nod to just Snetterton generally. I thought it was really well organised this weekend. Plenty of awesome. drinks, water, replenishing stations, if you want to call it, taps. Yeah. For for want of a better term, yeah. Yeah. Um, no problems getting in the circuit, no problems getting out the circuit. I, I still think along with Silverstone it's one of the best organised events. Yeah, Marshalls not Marshalls, but um Snets and staff in vests going around well, the vests, not just vests, not string vests. <laughs> going around making sure people are right and checking on people, making sure, you know, people were, you know, keeping okay in the heat. Uh Quick Fit were giving out sun cream, which made perfect sense given the weather. Yeah, uh, yeah I think it was a really well um judged a really well organised event and credit to the fans it was hot it was sticky it was difficult and I saw no trouble whatsoever throughout the weekend no not at all um, everyone was really quite sensible um, and yeah big shout out to the marshals who had to suffer through that heat um, agreed but yeah Thruxton up next in two weeks time um, it'll be interesting to see what weather brings as we're recording this now we've finally got some rain um, which is quite nice and refreshing not on our heads. I mean, rinse. Rain drops falling all around. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see whether we get any rain at Thruxton next time out. Of course, we'll be back with a preview pod on the Thursday night before. It won't rain at Thruxton. It'll rain at Silverstone because that's the race we're going to. So we'll get. Snowed. Oh yes, yes. And that's how it works then. Okay. Yeah. There's a big, quick, big gap, gap between Thruxton month. and uh, Silverstone as well. Yeah, months break. Any further thoughts? No. The championship okay. is heating up. It's going to go to the wire, I think. But I, I think four drivers now, isn't it? It's four drivers, and I think we'll cover it more in the preview pods. But I think Thruxton decides all but decides it for me. Yeah, four drivers, three different cars, four teams effectively. Effectively, four teams. Yeah. Um, two win, two multiple title winners, two not won it before. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. It is. But yeah, I think Fruxen decides a lot of things, but we will cover that in our preview pod. Yeah, and we'll see you then. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 